Welcome to On the Bench. I am Brendan Sinone, and today is May 31st. At midnight, it will be June 1st. That means for the first time in more than a year, recruits will be allowed to visit campuses on visit capacities, unofficial, official. It'll be organized events where they can actually interact with the coaching staff. It'll be the first time since this pandemic started uh, that that'll be allowed. At midnight for FSU, it will be Midnight Madness. There will be a couple dozen recruits, big time names that we'll get into here in a few minutes that'll be visiting FSU. And that'll start off a firework display of, of what's expected to be a huge month of June for the Seminoles. Um, dare I say, even a pivotal one. So at 12.01, Joshua, what's happening here in Tallahassee? Is it a pivotal month? Each month is more pivotal than the last. And this is a good example of why, because the NCAA dead period comes to an end, as you said. When the clock strikes midnight and we go from May 31 to June 1st, and you know the Florida State coaching staff is ready for this. They're going to waste no time because at 12.01 a.m., Mike Norvell and his staff are going to kick the doors wide open at the Moore Athletic Center and allow in some of the most talented players in the country for what we have coined as Midnight Madness. I don't know if they're actually calling this Midnight Madness. I haven't seen any any, uh, graphics or any verbiage on what it's called but we're calling it midnight madness here at Knowles 24 7 and Patent we, pending <laughs> we have confirmed a total of as of we recording this a total of 17 prospects on campus tonight we've personally confirmed those uh help with chris knee and zach ballstein in, in doing that but midnight madness will be a chance for these recruits you know uh brendan you were saying this is the first time since the pandemic, this is the first time in the Mike Norvell era that they're going to host recruits on campus during the summer. And the summer months yep. are always important. You know, we've done whole podcasts on how important summer recruiting can be. So this is going to kind of kick it off. And if I had to had to compare this visit, and it is unique to anything FSU has done in the past, it's probably going to be more run like a junior day. Uh, I think they're going to arrive there at about midnight. You know, the doors will open at 12.01 a.m. when they're allowed to by the NCAA. And then they'll tour the facilities, the locker rooms, go out on the field at Doak, hang out with the staff, and just kind of tour campus in the wee hours of the morning and hang out and just have fun. Um, Things are back open, and I know that the coaches and recruits have been looking forward to this for a long time. Nice little segue here. May 28th, Brandon Marcello works for 247 with us. Brandon was in town about a week before this article published. He talked to the staff and some others around FSU. He did an article called Controlled Chaos, Behind the Scenes as College Football Prepares to Reopen Recruiting. First quote in that article comes from head coach of FSU, Mike Norvell. First words are, game on. And then he added, you've got to be ready 24-7, and that's what we're fully expecting. We'll have a plan for every day. I'm excited about it. I've been waiting a long time to have recruits sitting here in this office. We're going to maximize every day. Mike Norvell ain't playing around, folks. That That's what today is going to be about, and that's what the next 25-plus days of June are going to be about. FSU is going to hit the ground running. They're not going to hesitate. They're going to get the best of the best in here. They're going to reassemble a roster of talent that will help them win games, and that starts with June 1st more than it ever has at any other point in the Mike Norvell era. Yeah, and just to give a quick rundown on some of the names that we that we know are coming in right now, FSU commitments lead this list. You got five-star Travis Hunter, five-star Sam McCall, four-star A.J. Duffy, three-star edge rusher Aaron Hester, three-star running back Rodney Hill, three-star athlete Brian Courtney, 
And then a couple 2023 commitments in Gabriel Harris, Randy Pittman, and 2024 athlete Cameron Davis. But the offensive and defensive targets are elite, and that's where I want to focus on right now. Um, Zach, on the offensive side of the ball, we got Kevin Coleman, Julio Skinner, Javante Barnes, and 2023 five-star wide receiver DeAndre Moore. Um, of this group, who are we are we looking at here? Julio Skinner, been a lot of rumors about him. Tell me about Julio Skinner and Kevin Coleman and FSU's chances with those two 2022 stars. Well, we'll start with Jaleel Skinner. He was out in California for the um, Steve Clarkson QB Elite Retreat event this weekend. And he wasn't the only guy out there. Uh, Sam McCall and Travis Hunter, like you mentioned before, were over at that event, as well as QB AJ Duffy. So they were doing some recruiting out in Santa Monica, California this weekend um, with Skinner. And they're traveling to Tallahassee today to make it over for the Midnight Madness event. So things are looking pretty good for Skinner. We'll see, um, you know, how, how his returns from, from the visit. Um, I think he's going to stay multiple days here at Florida state. Uh, so it, it should be interesting once we catch up with him, we'll get an idea of what, what, what he's feeling about FSU um, because he's kind of a hard guy to get a hold of. Right. But, but you mentioned Kevin Coleman. It's huge to get him on campus, um, especially unofficially. And, and I think, uh, you know, he's a five-star receiver, the number two receiver in the country, according mm -hmm. to 24-7 Sports. So if FSU wants to compete with Alabama in this recruitment, um, I, I think they're doing a great job, um, especially the first possible minute they can get him on campus. He's going to be in Tallahassee. Yeah, and before, before we switch over to the defensive side of the ball, and I'll get you on here, Chris, in a second, FSU has Javante Barnes coming in out of Las Vegas, Nevada. Javante Barnes recruitment to FSU has kind of flown under the radar a little bit. Uh, we've reported on Knowles 24-7 that they've been in contact, but really that's all they can do to this point. Um, but we've always known in the back of our heads that Barnes has family in Orlando. Yeah. Is Barnes actually originally from Orlando? Do you guys know that? Um, I believe he is. Yeah, yeah, I think he's at least lived there at some point. I don't know technically where right. it all began, but yeah, there's right. been a stint done. And I know that he still has family there, and I know that he spends time there in the summer as well. So this was kind of one that, you know, some people told me to keep an eye on. And now that if he arrives on campus at midnight, like he's expected to, that's a big one for FSU. And he's bringing his teammate DeAndre Moore with him. Um, DeAndre Moore is a five-star 2023 slot receiver, uh, 5'11", 180 pounds, number three wide receiver in the country, 33 overall. That recruitment is just getting started to FSU and getting him on campus will be big. Uh, moving over to the, some of these defensive targets, uh, Chris, you dropped the name Kendrick Law on the podcast. I think one or two pods ago is somebody to watch, and voila, he's on campus. What do you know? It's almost like I had an idea it might happen. Don't say that. Spoiler. Um, Spoiler. Yeah, Law, super talented, versatile athlete. I think FSU likes him in the secondary, but the kid can play a heck of a lot of positions. He's expected in from Louisiana. We think that would be one of at least two June visits for him. Defensive lineman Bishop Thomas, who was here back at the spring game, will now be able to come in and spend some time hands-on with Odell Hagans. He's from Orlando via previously being from Louisiana. He knows some guys from FSU from Louisiana. Obviously, FSU's made a great deal of effort in Louisiana since Mike Norvell and his staff came on. Quavian Carter, who I'll let you guys speak a little bit more on because he's someone that you guys like loving on. And then local Raylan Wilson, who's a 2023 linebacker, stacked from Lincoln. Extremely talented kid. He's expected in as well. He's a guy that's been very high on FSU since he got the offer. He's continuing to add a great deal of offers to his list. 
before I hand the baton off for them to talk about defense. The one thing I'll chime in, having a lot of commits here is great because one, you want commits to come back in. It shows that they're solid to the program they're committed to, but two, they can be the best recruiters possible. While coaches are important in the process, peer-to-peer pressure and peer-to-peer kind of straight shooting with one another, it carries a lot of weight in the recruiting process. Plus, we all know a guy like Travis Hunter is going to put on his recruiting hat and do it for you, and he's not the only one. All right, baton-handed. Who wants to talk about good old Quavian Carter? Is that used to know? I saw you shaking that head no, but – I'll, I'll uh, chime in. Quavian, yeah. Quavian Carter's a, a prospect over at Lee County um, up in South Georgia, and he's a guy that Florida State's kind of looking at as a linebacker is what we're, we've been told, and I think uh, FSU stands pretty well. He's going to be here tonight on June 1st, and then he's going to go over – um, get over to Tallahassee later this week on June 5th for, for that um, big visit weekend as well. So FSU um, is looking pretty good to start the month of June with, with Carter making it to campus twice. He's also going to make his way to Ole Miss for an official visit later in the month, I'm told. And there's a couple other schools like Michigan State and, and a few others that are trying to get him to visit their campus uh, within the month of June. All right, Chris. So Mike Norvell created this recruiting momentum from from scratch because we're covering a three-win team here in the spring everybody kind of thought you know momentum comes and goes it kind of started to trickle down in may but here we are the start of june mike norvell has everybody talking about fsu again can he sustain this for the rest of the summer yes i think he wholeheartedly can i think he has a plan to win june and i think they're going to do their best to do it there's been people that have been Super on board about the mega camp. Some that were critical of it. I think they're going to execute that at a high level. I think them sending staff to FIU to see some kids is going to be done at a high level. I think the camps that are specific to FSU at FSU are going to be done at a high level. Plus, we got to remember, we're going to have a heck of a lot of official visits mixed in here over the next four weeks. Yeah. So, yeah, I think he can. And I think we've seen some pivotal points. Obviously, Travis, Travis Hunter's commitment is one of the most early ones early ones we can point to as a significant moment for so many reasons because his talent level his recruiting ability his ability to get out on the road and kind of be a guy that's a spokesperson then you know sam mccall was very important i don't want to no, gleam over nico, that nico markiel was yes important. nico was important because again it kind of sparked interest with other kids mccall came soon after that if i recall correctly mm-hmm. aj duffy was another significant moment here more recently but I think June's kind of been set up by some of those things being done, and we could see a nice waterfall effect from June in the sense of FSU truly putting themselves in position to land top-tier kids. You know, we talked about Coleman, Skinner. Those are two guys that have been way up their list for a long time. Kendrick Law is a guy I know they love, but it's been a matter of having to get him here, and now they're getting him here. So you see if that next step is taken. So I think, I think June's going to make it abundantly clear where they stand. And again, if they're able to have success – to a certain degree on the field in the fall, I think they can have a great deal of positive returns in recruiting efforts. Yeah. And talk about setting the table, Zach. This really sets the table for the rest of June because you've been busy on Knowles 24-7 confirming and reporting all these official visits. As much as we talk and hype this March Madness thing that's going to go down in a couple hours, none of these prospects, to our knowledge, are taking official Mid- visits. Midnight midnight Madness, Joshua, not, not March Madness. None of this is going <laughs> to... <laughs> you branded the thing. We patent pending it. No, but what I'm saying is these are all unofficial visits. Correct, yeah. sir. Um, yeah, as far as we're as far as we know, um, 
all these prospects that are expected in are on unofficial visits. I think it's great. Um, personally, I, I think unofficial visits are way more valuable, especially in the summer months um, for FSU. And with local kids, especially, you kind of want to get them in unofficially first, um, just because, you know, later on in, in the cycle, you're trying to use those official visits to, to get them on campus. Um, and, and those are paid for. So it's a lot easier to do than, than yeah. to get kids to do it on their own dime. And especially a guy like Kendrick Law. I think when yeah. you took, when you look at some of these out-of-state prospects, Kendrick Law, Kevin Coleman, Javante Barnes, sometimes if an out-of-state prospect takes a visit to a school in the early summer and that's the last time he ever goes there, it's going to be tough for that school to really maintain footing in that recruitment, especially if the, the prospect isn't making a decision soon. So Kendrick Law has an official visit scheduled for September 5. So even if he doesn't make it back in June, you're guaranteed to get him back most likely before his decision. We talked to him. We wrote a story on Knowles 24-7. He says he's going to make it in the fall. So it's certainly for guys like that. But what do you expect this summer? I mean, do you think that some of these, you know, looking at this list of 16, 17 guys on here, is there anybody that you're looking at maybe as a uh, potential commitment? Um, I mean, I think the guy you got to point out is Jaleel Skinner. You hinted before that there's been rumors surrounding FSU and his name for weeks now um, from all over the country. And, 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 you know, Travis Hunter was tweeting out last night that he's got a four-star recruit on tweets. the way. Yeah, so you got to follow the tweets, especially from Travis Hunter. So, um, what about? Yeah, but with I got Hold on. What about Bishop Thomas? This is his second visit to FSU. You know, his recruitment isn't isn't red hot like some of the others. Do you think maybe he ends it? Is this time? I think he could. I think he could. There, there's definitely a possibility. I haven't heard that concrete yet from Bishop, but we're we're gonna see. I th I think this is gonna create a lot of buzz. And something I've been saying that I don't think is being talked about a lot is. We, when visits were open, we always talked about um, that visit high uh, that recruits would get after going on official and unofficial visits to these schools. The, these prospects haven't been shown in-person attention for over 15 months on, on these campuses, and some haven't ever done it or haven't ever experienced it before. So I think a lot of these recruits are going to be kind of overwhelmed, and we might see some, some surprise commitments, just not even just at FSU, but across the country in, in these first weeks of June. That's just my thought. Yeah, I, I think yeah. it's going to be interesting tonight. Skinner is one that I'm definitely following because we know Florida is definitely in that. Tim Brewster and the Gators are making a great deal of effort with him. Clemson's one that you can never discount because it's in the backyard. You know, he set officials, I believe, to Arizona State and Miami, if I recall correctly. So, you know, and I feel Miami, like June's yeah. a very busy month for that young man. I'm interested to see if everything goes beyond June for him or not. I think FSU's done a phenomenal job of selling him on being a – wide receiver who is also a tight end who is a flex type of player who can do a little bit of everything in an offense that's willing to move a guy around and use him in a variety of ways and god knows fsu could use big outside playmakers and that's what jaleel skinner is at the end of the day whether he ends up being a tight end or a wide receiver he is a big outside skilled player you know kevin coleman's a huge one josh mentioned earlier alabama most people think is sitting in the pace car seat for that young man. But FSU is right there with him. He's been a top target for the Seminoles for a long time. Another supremely talented outside skill player. So, yeah, I, I think June's very important. Bishop Thomas is one I agree with Josh. And I feel like that recruitment's been a little quiet in general. And I feel like FSU's been in a good spot because mm -hmm. of one, the in-state ties now to the former state ties that he also has. And I just think FSU likes him a lot. And I, I don't know that he really has a relationship with 
with many other schools that are on par with what FSU has done with them to this point in the process. And I think Kendrick Law, I keep bringing him up, but I think he's a guy that it's going to be very interesting to follow how big of a move FSU can make here. I actually have Law crystal ball currently to LSU, but I don't think that gap's very big. I think he's an in-state kid for LSU, could easily end up there, and they like him a heck of a lot. But I think FSU's in that race very much so, and I'm very interested to see where he stands when things wrap up with his time in Tallahassee. By Orsonone. You had to do it, didn't you? Mm-hmm. You had to. Yes, yes. I am contractually obligated to do it at least once per podcast. Don't play the whole minute of the music, just like 10 seconds. Okay? It's like a bunch of people all like got together and decided to give me the same exact critique over and over again. Um, now, you know what? I'm playing the whole music right now just for that. By Orsonone, FSU has one of, if not the most creative staffs in the entire country. I'm buying it. I'm buying my own buyer. I'll buy it. I, mm-hmm. they, they know they have to be creative. They know they have to do things to overcome what they were last year as a team on the field and what they've had to deal with, with basically taking over a program and then a pandemic happening. So they have to be creative, but they work their backsides off and they're organized. And, you know, I don't know if it will work in the end. I'm not one of those people that's going to go overboard and say, oh, yeah, no doubt. We're going to hoist another trophy here. But I do know they're working extremely hard to turn this thing back around. And I'm enjoying watching it happen. And I hope it is successful in the end. I hope we see returns on it with Midnight Madness. See, Josh, that's how you say it correctly. I hope <laughs> we see returns on it with June official visits, so on and so forth. And I hope they're a better team on the field in the fall because I think they can get a solid class put together here. A big question that's been thrown out there leading up to May is, can FSU finish with the top class in the ACC? Can FSU finish with top 10 class? In a year where I'm not convinced that a lot of schools are going to take 20, 25 kids out of the high school ranks because the portal is still going to be there and rosters are kind of in a disarray, I think FSU has got a phenomenal chance of being aggressive, getting a lot of talent in from those high school ranks and flipping this roster in that regard. Because while I still think they will go after some transfers, Mike Norvell himself has said that they're unlikely to continue that heavy transfer portal pursuit that they had this past cycle. They would much rather prefer get top-tier kids that they can get for three, four, or five years. Are you guys buying or Sinone and Josh and Zach? I'll buy. Um, I think, I mean, this event just shows it. There's, I don't think there's been a report of any other school doing something like this um, for, for June 1st. And I think FSU's setting the tone for the entire month. They want to be prepared for every day. Like, uh, like Mike Norvell said in that article um, with, with Brandon Marcello on our site, you know, they have a plan for every day. And they're starting that plan immediately when June 1st starts. And I think another quote that I liked from that article was um, Adam Fuller, FSU DC, kind of talked about how he, he's ready to, um, he was saying that he, he might be on his way home from a day at work and then a recruit might text him, oh, uh, I, I'm, I'm thinking about hitting town or hitting campus because I'm in town and he'll drive back to go, to go and host that recruit. So I think that's just, sets the tone for the month. FSU is going to be prepared to just be basically hosting recruits all day, every day for 27 days straight. I'm going to, hold on. I'm going to buy the creativity question, but I'm going to, I'm going to say this. I bet you the staff wishes they didn't have to be so damn creative. Yeah. They're, they're forced, they're forced to, to reach. Right. Right. This isn't like a, Oh, let's just be as creative as we can. Unfortunately, they've got to be creative to overcome the product on the field. I think that they ideally wish that FSU, the colors, the stadium, their, the product on the field could recruit itself. That's ideal. 
but you know we are where we are and like chris said they are doing a great job but the results are what matters and to this point we've seen them work really hard we've seen some good results in recruiting but we haven't seen that correlate to the football field and hopefully we do in 2021 um i have a buyer sanone question okay yeah is that allowed i'm just i'm yeah. a little yeah. shocked it's, from it's, you it's encouraged it's happening i'm here for it he loves it uh buyer sanone Nico Marchio not on the visitor list is another step towards him exiting the class. Bye. Do you buy or Sinone that? Bye. Wow. Bye. Bye, bye, bye. I, bye, I was bye. going to Sinone it, but I don't want to just be an outlier. But um, no, be an outlier. I don't think June 1st is so important for Nico. I mean, I think it would obviously be better if he was there than not there. I think, truthfully, the Friday potential visit to Michigan State is a more pivotal date than June 1st with him. I'm more interested to see if he's going elsewhere. All right, but okay, okay, but we were saying okay, Nico Marchio was important to FSU's class because of the hype that he brought, because of the togetherness that he he brought at a time. Now, of course, things are different now. That was then. This is now. So I think the fact that he's not here on one of the coolest things that they're about to do in the recruiting cycle, with all of the other top commitments. Even one of you know AJ Duffy's going to be there, but I'm sure Nico is more than welcome to be there. He's just not going to be there this is not a good start to june for fsu and nico markiel and this comes not too long after he said his plans were when there was official visit weekends like he was talking about flying out multiple times now on the the first the first event he's not going to be here he's always been one of the key guys that are involved in these group functions whether it was the thing outside for the spring game whether it was the fsu uh commitment group chat like, whatever it is, he's always been a part of it. He's always been right there in the middle of it. So I think I, this just kind of – it's glaring not to see his name on there to me. That was then. This is now. <laughs> <laughs> I just – like, with Nico, I, I'd be more surprised, honestly, if he was coming. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. But I am interested to see if the Michigan State visit happens and how the game of chicken plays out. Or Duck, Duck, Goose. I'm not going there ever again. <laughs> If you're going to be a bear, be a grizzly bear. Uh, One other thing about the creativity of the staff. So in addition to this Midnight Madness, not March Madness event, I mean, this goes back for a few months now where the youth camps were smashing success and something that like other programs in the region were were jealous or or angry off uh, over because they thought that FSU was, you know, finding room within the margins that they were, I think, were were envious of. then there was also you know, keeping the scrimmages open to the public so recruits could visit. FSU was one of, if not the first program, to do that. So to Josh's point, like yeah, FSU has to find ways to be creative right now. The brand isn't carrying the weight like how it normally would. Uh, and, and maybe you know, when, when the team was was rolling you know, 10, 11 wins a season. But um, you got to play with the hand you're dealt. Uh, Chris, real quick, uh, before we go to a commercial break, this being June 1st sets up a rest of a really important month. What else do we have coming up this week? Well, obviously June 1st is midnight madness. We're going to have all that craziness, but that's not where it ends. You know, we're expecting a 2023 linebacker in on June 4th, June 5th. If you look at Zach's list, that he's put on the site, had up there for over a week now, uh, numerous unofficial visitors, a lot of FSU commitments on there, a lot of top targets on there. That's the first pivotal date beyond June 1st that I would kind of point to. But immediately after that, we roll into the Mike Norvell football camps in the summer. June 6th is a mega camp. I hope you're all drinking water now to prepare for that 
proficiently mm-hmm. because you got four sessions that day, 20, you know, 200 kids. I think it's where it's going to end up topping out on the IM fields. It's going to be pure craziness. Don't forget the baby powder either. No, I don't need no baby powder. And then, uh, you know, we're rolling to that official visitor stretch of June with the weekends coming up. Got big man camp June 9th and the 16th. One of those I believe is tied into the seven on seven high school camp. Or actually both of those now are they're doing two from what I understand. So yep. June 9th and 16th are both big man and seven ons. We're expecting upwards of three dozen to four dozen teams for seven ons. Kicking camp June 18th. Nobody gets excited for kicking camps like me, except for Bob Fronty. Quarterback camp on June 18th, definitely a thing that Mike Norville loves doing. June 13th, 18th, 20th, those are FSU-specific individual camps. Those are going to be important days, too. So, yeah, we're going to live at FSU. Me and Zach just are preparing to put our asses back on the bench, and we're here for it. And I'm looking forward to it. June 25th, I might not be as, you know, woo, let's go. But right now, I'm looking forward to it. I'm glad to be getting back to work, doing what we do, having kids talking to coaches, things being more normal in person, and I'm ready for that game to begin, and here we go. And there's no better place to stay plugged in for all of this information than Knowles 24-7, and I say this right now because we have a promo that began yesterday for 60% off a annual VIP pass. That's a dollar for the first month, and then $9.95 a month after that. That'll take you through the whole year. Our through a whole calendar year, but it'll keep you plugged in all summer. You're not going to want to miss it, huh, Brendan? Nope, you will not. <laughs> it, is, it is a really good deal. And if you do want legitimately the best FSU recruiting coverage out there, the most thorough, the most consistent, the most accurate, uh, this is this is where you do it. And yeah. the team stuff ain't half bad either. Uh, all right, let's take a quick commercial break. On the other side of it, we're going to have a little scoop on an official visitor for June 1st and maybe let Chris rant about baseball. You want to do that, Chris? Want to rant? Yeah, he wants to rant. Nice he looks like he needs a nice rant. I think so. Nice baseball rant is peak uh, June, Chris. All right, we'll be right back after the commercial break. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back to On the Bench. So in addition to the unofficial visits that are starting here at midnight on June 1st, FSU is going to have its first official visitor is Marshall Transfer, highly touted offensive lineman, Kane Madden. Maybe you've heard of him. Maybe we've talked about him here on the podcast before. Uh, so, so we've got the date of his official confirmed. Josh has some additional scoop on uh, not just this visit, but other visits that Kane Madden has, some updates on his recruitment. Uh, one thing I will add before I throw it to Josh is I was talking to a source the other day. Uh, players are very much so, FSU players that is, 
are very much so being encouraged to continue to recruit Kane Madden, to be in his ear, to talk to him, to uh, talk about the potential opportunities that, that the brand of FSU could could give him. So uh, still very much so a recruiting process that, that is ongoing. This is not a done deal, even though we all have our crystal balls for FSU into Kane Madden. Um, yeah, FSU is still working at it, right, Josh? Yeah, yeah. I said that on the last podcast when you tried to passive-aggressively passive ask me about what other outlets that were reporting that this is a done deal? Oh yeah, I said it's not a done deal, and like, there's no way you can twist it. But I have wait, a are bit you more. implying that I'm passive aggressive? Yes, yes, he is. Yes, I am. I am not passively aggressively implying that. I am directly <laughs> implying that. But I have a little bit more intel on Kane Madden since the last podcast, and this kind of proves my point that it's not a done deal. Kane Madden has set up an official visit to Notre Dame as soon as he gets done with his Florida State official visit. Um, I don't know exactly if it's going to be the weekend. Uh, he's going to be at Florida State on the 1st and 2nd, and I believe he'll depart on the 3rd. I don't know if he'll fly straight to Notre Dame or take a day off in between, but I expect him at Notre Dame for the weekend. Um, don't know if he's going to schedule a third visit. Um, I told that it is possible that he is, but right now, you know, Virginia Tech, Auburn, maybe one of those two, maybe another team that comes in. But as of now, two visits scheduled, and then he'll likely make a decision sometime after that. I don't expect this to go too long, especially if he only takes these two visits. It could be done, you know, four or five days after the Notre Dame trip. So we will see what happens. But I have confirmed that he will be in Tallahassee on June 1st. Um, we'll, you know, we'll report on Knowles 24 seven, any new developments that come up with Kane Madden and Florida state. I still like where my crystal ball sits on him, but as we said, last podcast, it is not a done deal just yet. I don't like the Notre Dame. Uh, I, I could have done without Notre Dame getting involved. I was okay with Virginia tech. Yeah. I mean, we could, I'm, I keep got to recruit. Got to beat them yes. in June to beat them in September. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, Chris, uh, what do you think about a, a good old-fashioned rant on baseball to take us out of this podcast? I don't really have a rant on it. I'm not all that broken up by it, but I will talk about it. So FNC Baseball went to the ACC tournament. They went one and one you know, had to play a meaningless game other than it was against Miami. It was completely meaningless. But, hey, they beat Miami for the fourth time in the same year. That's always hell good. Um, they did get their butt kicked by Duke earlier in the tournament, but Duke's also one of the hottest teams in the country. Duke ended up winning the ACC Baseball tournament and an ACC championship. I believe for the first time in 60 years and like the fourth time in school history. So today, Monday rolls around, FSU baseball learns where they're going to go to play. So they're going to Oxford. Oxford is home to number 12 national seed Ole Miss, lovely team from the SEC, who was at one point this year the number one team in the country, but they've had some injuries and not played the best ball down the stretch. That's why they're just a number 12 national seed. FSU is actually the number three regional seed. Southern Miss, who almost was a national seed, is the number two regional seed. And then Southeast Missouri State, who won their conference, the Ohio Valley Conference, earned the automatic bid for that conference, zero to four seed. So, yeah, it's not my voice saying it. Kyle Peterson from ESPN said he thought it was the toughest regional. I tend to agree. It is pretty tough. Mike Martin Jr. spoke about it afterwards. He was asked about the selection process, which, you know, left a team like Pitt, who was three weeks ago, top 20 national seed, potentially a host seed, completely out of tournament field. He was asked about that process and determined, determined to say eh, laughable um did yeah. he say laughable he did he, he said it? he was asked about the process and he goes it's laughable and he, he had right. nothing good to say about it. he didn't think the acc had somebody in that room fighting for them the right way 
you know, it's a year where they said they weren't going to lean on RPI as much because of everything being unbalanced and uncertain, you know, ACC teams playing 50, SEC playing 56, Big Ten playing less than the ACC. And then at the end of the day, they really leaned on the RPI a great deal. But it all doesn't really matter from FSU's standpoint. Would FSU be better off in a non-regional? Probably should have been a two. Most people thought so. Every projection they had them as a two going into today, and they end up a three. But two, three, you played same two, three. You know, if FSU was a two here and Southern Miss was three, they'd still be playing each other, obviously. Um, yeah, so they'll head to Oxford. They open with Southern Miss Friday afternoon. I think it's 3 or 3.30 on ESPNU. Southern Miss is a good ball club, almost one conference USA. Law Tech, who did win it, is a national seed. They've got some pitching on that roster. They can hit home runs. I think they have 67 on the year with three guys with 10 or more. So obviously going to be a big test for FSU. Not yet known who FSU will throw. I hope they throw Parker Messick because it's our best opportunity for a win. Much rather open regional with a win than trying to climb out of a hole. By Orsonone, me skipping the worst stock show at 7 a.m. tomorrow morning after being on the bench at midnight. I say you record it at – Josh is up by like 4.45. So just record it at 5 tomorrow morning. Then on the, uh, While we're driving home, the, the market isn't open then. There's no pre-market. We, we, we record well before the market opens anyway. I don't need the market to be open to talk about my, my winnings from Friday. Clove! All right, here's a buyer Sinone. Um, buyer Sinone, I will be the first one sleeping tonight. I'll buy that. Well, uh, hang on. I mean, I plan on taking like a nap starting at 8 p.m. So are we talking like, will you be sleeping before then or like sleeping for good? For good. Oh, Who's well, the first to go to bed for good tonight? You, bye. You're at home. That's, You're going to be sleeping <laughs> in your bed. That's <laughs> very smart. Yeah. No, I'm excited. Uh, you guys can follow along, like we said, on Knowles 24-7. One of the things I was thinking about doing, I told Zach this earlier, to keep me awake, I was thinking about at midnight doing a Facebook Live on the Knowles 24-7 Facebook page just to uh, take questions from fans to keep me awake. I think we should go live okay. from the more. Oh, that'd be a good one, yeah. too. We could do it from the more. <laughs> just a live stream of Chris sitting on the bench. We need to get a live camera so people can just, like, you know those live cams that you can't hear the volume? You can, It's just sitting there perched. Do you know how just boring a live, a live cam. cam of me on the bench would be? I mean, uh, yeah, but I think time. people would pay to watch that. People would yeah, pay to would. watch it. Definitely. Like a little closed circuit TV of you just sitting on the bench. 12.30 p.m. He's eating a Jimmy, Jimmy Jarkin. <laughs> Millions of views. Millions. Let's do a Patreon of it, but don't tell anyone that we're going to do it, okay? Just us. Yeah, we'll do that. All right. Hang out with us on Knowles 24-7. Um, Zach's going to also post a story later on tonight of all of the prospects social media pages we expect them to be going live and posting things so if you want to follow along zach will have a story with um where you can find all their igs twitters and that sort of thing so it's gonna be a busy night yeah we'll be posting live updates in that thread too all right so check out knows 24 7 for all sorts of updates starting at midnight and uh five star reviews for on the bench we'll talk to you guys later this week thanks for checking us out Thank you.
Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.